When I started this episode after four years of struggle <laughs> and grappling with myself to come out of anonymity and actually have my name labeled to something that is out there, um, and you will hear me talk about it in episode one, so if you want to go listen and uh, listen to my backstory of four years of procrastination, um, that's the episode to go to, episode number one. And, but but when I actually you know moved to action, moved into action, and created this podcast, I was not expecting an audience. I was actually creating it for myself, uh, more like I've always had a personal journal, but now I wanted to have like an audio, uh, like audio notes, so that I can actually look back and maybe refer to my notes. <laughs> Uh, some years down the line when I forget things um, or if mom's uh, genetic condition uh, hits me as well. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go listen to the episode again. Maybe the second one, which is the Yukon connection, where I talk about my mom's mental health uh, and um, what runs in the genes. But anyways, so I wasn't expecting an audience, but apparently there is an audience, a very tiny one, but I did get feedback from one of them and that's why I was like I thought I will create this episode and um, in the future point people to this episode so this will be the episode about what is this like you heard my big why the Yukon connection in episode two you heard about my struggle of getting to a podcast in episode one and episode three was about my cover art and in this uh, you know series of introductory episodes basically about setting the context and I keep saying why the context matters you will hear about it more in this episode about this word called context <laughs> and I keep uh, harping about it but everything is about setting the context I think that's that's probably the feedback and it was pretty nice when I got it because uh, she said Lydia I've known you for so many years I didn't think that this was how your life was thank you so much for sharing something like she has known me for I think slightly over a decade now uh, but she wasn't aware about my backstory and so she was like shocked <laughs> and then she was like um, you've gotten this far and I can't believe <laughs> all of what you told me like then now she was like connecting with the dots of our relationship for the last 10 years and she's my friend for the last 10 years so she's like ah okay now I know why you did this and why you did that <laughs> and I was like okay <laughs> so, but, but she said something very important to me she said I want you to dig a little more deeper into this story uh, into the context itself uh, yes your story is important but also what happens is when people listen to your story what should not be lost on them is the effort right she called it purpose I didn't want to call it purpose but uh, I'll maybe use meaning which is in my head slightly like <laughs> I hope I don't go down tangent again. Uh, I don't catch a tangent this time, but if I do, then I apologize in advance. I do plan to make an episode on the queen of tangents, actually, because I think I've been rambling <laughs> a lot in the last few episodes. So maybe that, that might just come out to be an episode before we digress again. So she said that the meaning of the effort itself, the Arctic howls. Yeah, and she said, Letty, can you call it Arctic? I know the spelling is Arctic, <laughs> but every time I say Arctic in my head, it's like, oh man, I can't even get past. Like I, I immediately get a mind block. So I told her the same thing. I said, if I can, I will say Arctic, Arctic howls. <laughs> but if I can't, then please forgive me. Uh, I do know that maybe I'm pronouncing Arctic incorrectly. So, so she said the meaning of this uh, entire effort is more important. And I thought I'll make an episode about it. So Arctic howls is actually the journey of that 12 year old girl who saw wolves in Canada being introduced to the Yellowstone National Park but more importantly the wolves that she saw she saw a documentary or something where the wolves were crossing 
the Dempster Highway. And um, she was fascinated by that. Uh, and there will be an episode on that, which is my main ogad, episode number four, which was supposed to be about the Dempster Highway. <laughs> but that will be some numbered episode. I hope it's episode five, but it could be six or seven. You never know <laughs> with Letty. She's always throwing a curveball there. <laughs> so, oh God, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> so yeah, so she said the meaning matters. And then I was like, okay, this is this is actually Arctic House um, is the story primarily of that 12-year-old girl growing up in um, a coastal village in a state called Goa in India. This is at 15 degrees north, I believe. And it's the journey of that 12-year-old girl. And now with her two senior dogs, um, this is this place, um, 62.89 degrees uh, in Kuopio right now. But her Arctic, Arctic journey um, is what this story is all about. The main character, the central character in her life is definitely the wolf. Um, and But she didn't want it to be howls, obviously, indicates wolves. <laughs> but she didn't want the word wolves in her... Um, if you see that carefully, Arctic house stands for the Arctic habitat of wildlife and locals with an S there. So it's Arctic howls. So the wolf is pretty obvious there. But when you expand the whole thing, the wolf doesn't exist. And I'll let that sink in for a while because um, what she said was very, very deep. She said, all your life, you live by the meaning of your name, which is gladness. And you wanted to bring gladness. You wanted to be this messenger of joy. <laughs> and which a role I've played pretty um, significantly, actually, in my career. I didn't even realize that most of my friends associated me with this extreme exuberance and energy. So, so yeah, well played, <laughs> I suppose. Uh, weird. So she said that. She's like, what you did is the meaning was uh, what guided you and gave you purpose. In the same way, although the central character in your life is the wolf, when you expand Arctic howls, the wolf disappears. And in my in episode three about the podcast cover art, uh, she actually linked the two and that's why she, it was easy for her to, she said that. She's like, uh, I was like, wow, this is so deep, man. <laughs> and she's like, no, hang on. She's like, uh, go listen to podcast number three. And I was like, okay. And then we heard it together. And she's like, you see, this is where you made it clear to me that this whole thing that you were saying about the wolf not being such a prominent character. So you do not want to stoke emotions, either, you know, pro-wolf and anti-wolf. You didn't want to stoke that emotion. And you wanted the wolf to be ensconced in its surrounding so it could be happy, wild and free. And she said, that gave me the impression that although you say Arctic house, there is a wolf somewhere in the backdrop. But the moment you expand house, it's just the Arctic habitat of wildlife and locals and the wolf disappears back in the scene. And she said, that's your message. We're all connected. So the threads are all linked. What I'm trying to do right now is set the context for you in each of my episode and try to make that invisible connection slightly visible to you. It's uh, something I learned in my um, service quality assurance classes when we were studying lean. It's um, it's a method used in Japan. I mean, Toyota manufacturing used to use it. I don't know if they use it today, but it's so, it's a way where you uh, reduce the level of the water so that you can see the problems. It's, it's like if there's too much water, right? And too much uh, confusion around, you can't see the pebbles. So one of the ways to bring the problems to the surface is to remove the level of water, lower the level of water so you can start seeing the problem surface. It's the, the, the video that our teacher had shown us was like, if I drain out the water slowly, I will start to see the pebbles. And that's how you start seeing the problems. And, and that's primarily one of the concepts in Lean. Maybe there will be an episode where I talk about the Scrum and Lean that I was thinking about and how I was thinking about it from a very developer-centered, you know, disrupt software supply chain uh, context. Like I said, the context is everything. And uh, for me, if anything is extraordinary, right, it's that context. That's that secret ingredient that makes uh, every person's life extraordinary. So for me, it's that um, what makes your signature unique is the context 
context in which you operate and that makes your signature unique. So this entire effort of Arctic Howls and every episode will be uh, prefaced with the context. Like for example, the next episode that I want to actually do, I hope it will be episode number five. <laughs> I have um, written it actually on my whiteboard like Letty, Dempster Highway, the story has to be out. <laughs> like you need to, you can't just keep postponing the Dempster Highway. Um, I think it's also emotional. That's why I was like just procrastinating still because there are threads when, when they start to connect and you start reading and you go back down that memory lane. It's a little difficult. So initially you have to get over all the emotional upheaval that you experience. Then you've got to breathe and go down. Then you've got to exercise again <laughs> and then come back again and, and then write your script and then talk about it. And then the big step of, oh God, I am sharing this story with the world. Anyway, so what makes your unique, uh, your signature, right? Your presence, your, um, your signature on this planet uh, is the context in which you operate. And that to me is the secret ingredient I am going after. So in all these conversations, what I'm trying to do is first I'm trying to figure out who I want to interview in this context in my, and the context is the context of my journey, right? It has to be in that context. So I cannot randomly just contact people. So that's what I'm getting at. Although my podcast is, uh, it's going to talk about science in a big way because I will talk about permafrost <laughs> quite a lot. I mean, it's the Arctic. What do you expect? I will be talking about the Arctic and I would say climate, I wouldn't even say climate change, climate action I will just say it's the Arctic and that has an impact on us so for me obviously it's going to be about earth science it's going to be about science conversations with all these uh, scientists researchers local people in the field indigenous cultures that are doing uh, you know traditional knowledge like how do you do certain things uh, traditionally which is also interesting because it has uh, wildfire is one of the topics I'll touch upon um, and traditional knowledge in terms of wildfires and I think this is again in, in Canada but also I think in Australia there's this traditional practice Australia or New Zealand I can't remember I'd read something about that. Um, but I think my story, since it's very Canadian-centered, <laughs> I might usually go for the Canadian story and I might have an episode on, on wildfire. But how does that relate to traditional knowledge in, I think, uh, Northern British Columbia? My attempt to, through Arctic Howls, is to bring those stories to surface and, and make those invisible connections um, kind of visible. It's to lower the water level that I spoke about earlier so that you can see the pebbles. I don't categorize pebbles as problems. It was a good analogy to study uh, when we're studying uh, things in in the workforce that's nice from that lens all right so god <laughs> i hope i don't have any more uh, losing my train of thoughts again but yeah so I, the focus will be on the extraordinary life uh, the focus will be on not on the protagonist not on the light but the darkness that makes the light shine it's not um, this the painting it's actually the canvas or rather the emptiness of the canvas that makes the painting extraordinary i wanted to put it subtly uh, but I don't know if people will catch it subtly. I did explain this to my friend and I said I want to stop here but she said Letty I think people might not get the subtle message you were trying to say when you said canvas 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 three four times in the story and you kept saying right it's not about the light but it's the darkness that makes the light shine. It's not about the ladder it's the, the platform on which the ladder stands. It's not the species it's the the nature the environment which is uh, making the species possible. It's the same thing it's not the signature it's it's the context that makes the signature unique and I hope you're catching my uh, message now when I say this. Uh, the heart of the Arctic is, um, I didn't want to make, make it so explicit but maybe that's the way probably because she recommended that I make it explicit. So the meaning is um, the Arctic, right? The heart of the Arctic is is the blank canvas and, and the blank canvas is slowly fading away into anonymity. Um, that is the climate message. Um, hope you caught that. That's what I'm trying to talk about. I don't want any the 
any of the conversations and episodes to be overbearing and to create the dichotomy of life, right? Divide people into pro and anti, um, you know, industrialist and uh, socialist and all of that divisions that we create. I want a form of non-duality, but a form where you realize that uh, the stage is slowly slipping away. And that's very evident in the Arctic. It doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things when I say like, if you're like, we're just a species, right? Yeah, you go, you go. You That's that's fine too. But not to worry so much about it because in the whole geological cycle, it's just a small element. But if it matters to you, then maybe pausing for a while and not looking at the characters and not being immersed in in the story, try looking at the stage on which the story is being played uh, or what's supporting that story. What is the canvas that is making your painting look amazing? And my biggest uh, challenge is, can I see the canvas? Can I help the canvas? Can I do something about the canvas? Can she continue to be in a way that all the actors, all the protagonists can continue to have their, uh, their moments of spotlight? Like I know everybody likes to be, uh, likes to be in the spotlight. Mine is different. I do like, anonymity is the most important thing, but it was a critical decision because I realized I can't be anonymous uh, because I think and I think it was an emotional moment because when I started seeing and I think probably this is the meaning you should understand why after four years I finally said you know what it wasn't just like hey anchor is there chuck it I'll make a podcast Um, I saw permafrost the effect that's happening right the whole climate thing and I saw this thing in the Yukon and that was a very difficult moment for me because I was like I love anonymity but what I'm trading in exchange is the true love that I have for the Arctic and, and maybe and, and the canvas. So, so that was the, the, the point that actually made me jump off the cliff. And jumping off the cliff is fine. But there is a, a drastic change that occurs from when you step out of anonymity. When you step out from b- being behind the scene and being concerned about the direction and the entire stage, right? To being the actor. The moment you become an actor and not a director or a scriptwriter, now the attention in your head is on you. Are you performing well enough? Are you doing good? Are you making a good impression? Is Letty looking good? Is Letty commanding well? You know, is it's just like the athlete does, right? They're so lost into how well they are doing but then the whole focus is only on you and that's why I don't like it so so you're getting it it's got nothing to do with I have no problem with being an actor on the stage but the only problem is in your head then you're only focused on your performance but for me the most important thing was always the canvas and the arctic dream was the most important thing and that's why anonymity was very important because if I was anonymous I could continue to watch all the players in the scene continue to go backstage and look at the, the direction look at the canvas if I step out of anonymity what that does is it in my head it puts the focus back on me is Letty doing enough and maybe there, there will be consequences to this action but for me the canvas is everything and if it if it means coming out and having this podcast and then going out and reaching to all the people who are making sure the canvas <laughs> stays so that all the actors can continue to play on that canvas uh, all the painters can continue to paint on that canvas uh, the stage has to be there right if the stage is not there uh, then what will the actors do if there is no script uh, what what are the lines you're going to say so I, I was like if the canvas itself if, if the arctic is not there if the permafrost is gone um, the animals don't exist then my my the meaning of my life is pointless <laughs> like articulate with these arctic houses it's, it's just um, it's just a concept again it's just a human thing and humans are just lost in in, in dialogue and concept that's it we just so this is just lost in our thoughts and all the things that we construct in our head that 
and, and all these ideologies we have in our head, um, now we don't realize that we're actually put doing real damage to what's actually alive, like the, the things that actually exist, not just in your head, like animals exist, the planet, the, the soil exists, just because of ideologies, somebody else is being the victim. Not that the earth sees it, not that the earth cares it, like I said, in the geological context, it doesn't matter. We've get extinct it's a big not a big deal but because we are a species that that thinks <laughs> so much uh, like a recorder that just goes on non-stop uh, and we replay like even i right i'm going i've gone back down the memory memory lane to bring out stories and tell you um, and connect all the dots so i i also was a recorder in that sense i'm not saying that that's a bad thing it's a good thing but at some point um, the mental recording has to stop and maybe for for everybody there's a different point in life and for me it was this I, I saw that permafrost in the Yukon and I'm like the whole purpose of my life was about the Yukon I, I kept talking about her in my head to I never told anybody about it it's always in my head even my family my brother most important person to in my life I never told him about how much I loved the Yukon how much I loved Canada and how much I really love the wolf actually it's got nothing to do with how people are now pro and anti-wolves it's not that so so yeah so I think that's that's what I wanted to say and yeah I think that's that's all I wanted to talk about in this episode I don't think this was completely aimless I went down certain tangents uh, and I'm honored to get the title of the queen of tangents and I'm fine with that but I told you the reason also why I like tangents to me tangents uh, when I think back, they give me some common messaging and that's important. Uh, so I don't sometimes stop myself from going down a tangent, but I, it's not such a great thing <laughs> from a user's experience, I guess, who's listening to, you never know, but let me know. So that's it. And I wanted to give you a slight preview about the Dempster Highway episode. Very, very slight, not much. Let me turn the pages first. So what you will learn and that would be a learning opportunity too, I'll tell you why, because um, what I learned was amazing. I just was thinking about, you know, Dempster Highway number 5 near Klondike Highway. It turns from there and then it goes up. Um, the, the basics, uh, 740 odd kilometers, something it is. So those are the basic things that I learned uh, anyways about it. And um, I'm still turning pages. So that was fine. But what you will hear is that story, obviously my central theme that I saw in 1997, the, the wolves crossing the Dempster Highway. I think it was somewhere near, I um, can't remember, Eagle Plains? Eagle Plains, I think. I have to, I have to look up my notes. So somewhere there, the, highway, the wolves were crossing. I might, I might also have to look up uh, videos and archives to figure out that story. But I remember seeing wolves crossing the Dempster Highway. And um, that's one thing you'll hear, the story there. Uh, the context, like I always like to set the context. So that's the context you will get. Um, and the whole Klondike Gold Rush connection. You will also hear back again Skookum Jim. If you haven't heard of Skookum Jim, I talk about him in um, my cover art episode number three, the last episode. Uh, you will talk about that connection. I will talk about the Peace Tra River Trail again. That was covered very briefly in episode two. I will bring that up and that's how Alberta might come on the scene or come onto the scene. And um, then I will talk about obviously the story history about the Dempster Highway. That's fine. But what I find really interesting and which is what I want to get into is um, the connection of how my mining story um, in Goa growing up as a child watching that connects to Dempster Highway. Canada's first ever all-weather road called the Dempster Highway. That, that's interesting because I work for a company that, you know, we used to promote all-weather sensors, SAR. And then obviously I, I will kind of uh, walk you through woodland and barren ground caribou. I will talk a little bit about wolves. I will talk about Ahama, which is in Finnish, um, called Wolverines. 
very little though and um, then take you or make make a segue for the next episode yeah, i will start with the story where i that was a changing point for me right the one that moved me into action what were, what went down there in the yukon about the permafrost that made me jump off the cliff into the world of podcasting and i was afraid that i would crash but i bounced as alan watts puts it uh, but i will Uh, you know cue you into that next episode and prepare you for that permafrost story and which is why I will briefly talk, touch upon it and um, there will be a book we will talk about wolves of the yukon um, which will be a central running theme in many different episodes i believe um, i was i was very very grateful when the author gave me permission to use his book he's like don't worry you can go ahead and use it um and i'm happy if it helps your project and i was like oh thank you bob hayes so thank you bob hayes um i will be using his book wolves of the yukon in many different ways um i might read certain chapters to you to explain um the context right or why this that when at this time and that's that's all about uh, the next episode i will see you then thank you for listening to this episode of arctic hulls the intro and outro music is by cooper moore courtesy of free music archive 